Well, good evening, everyone. I see one with us right now, but if you're watching this later, hello and welcome. Uh, this is Crosstalk. This is a time when not just me, don't worry, uh, but I and uh, some special guests uh, just talk the cross with each other and also talk across from each other just because uh, that's we're Southern and that's how we know how to talk. Uh, is to interrupt each other's sentences. That's why I'm the only one talking right now, so I can go in un uninterrupted. But no, um, we are glad to be back for uh, what I'm calling season two and a half, season in between. I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a mini season because we're taking advantage of the time that we have uh, with our first guest, uh, our local guest, uh, Major Doug, and hoping to get the most out of it while we still can with him. And so without further ado, I welcome... Major Doug McClure. I'm the one welcoming now. How's wow, it's awesome to be on Crosstalk. I'm a, a longtime listener, first-time participant. I mean, it's just exciting to be here. Uh, I just, uh, I have all of your collecting merchandise. I, I have all of your albums. I've been following you for, for, for years. <laughs> I've are. been with Crosstalk for years, so it's just amazing to be here. So thank you so much for, for allowing me to be on the show. I just, I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, it, it's good to have you, um, as always. Um, and and now switching up the the game, uh, we'll see how people take it. Be sure to leave us a review on Yelp to tell us whose host uh, you're a bigger fan of. Uh, just a point. One of them is not going to be here in a month, so. <laughs> well, one of them might be leaving sooner than that if he keeps talking. <laughs> Hopefully, I do a good enough job that they keep me around. But uh, you know who does do a good job, and mm. and hence why we've invited him back yet. By the again. way, that's called a segue for those of you. <laughs> right, call me ba Paul Blart. Uh, I got segues everywhere. Oh my god! But um, no, uh, this will be his third tenure, uh, seasoned veteran of crosstalk. Uh, mostly, uh, we're just excited to have him because of his big brain and big mind uh, and that he always brings to crosstalk. And so I think he's adorable. I mean, that's just me, though. He's I mean, just he's well rounded. He's got everything you can hope for. He is. He's the package. That's in Ken Argon. <laughs> Man, I am blushing. Uh, <laughs> wow, excellent. Excellent yeah, job, having... John, on uh, on on hosting this. Uh, it's it. This is sort of like replacing Alex Trebek, right? Really, yeah. oh, so the, is, am I Lavar Burton? Am I Lavar Burton in that sense? If you'd like to be. <laughs> Wait a second. Little... Uh, Trebek did Trebek didn't fare too well in that whole equation. So let's slow down with this analogy. <laughs> oh. Well, no. Anytime I can be compared to Lavar Burton, I'll take it. Because um, fun fact, I didn't actually watch Reading Rainbow, so that might explain a lot for some folks. No, thanks um, for me, actually. Right. But uh, no, glad to have you guys. Glad to be back. Um, two weeks off felt weird. Uh, it, it was good because it was two crazy weeks. I don't know about you, Ken, but um, we were probably a little too busy for crosstalk uh, at the time. But um, to get back together and, and talk the word is, is always a good time. This is the only room in my house that doesn't have boxes in it. Yeah, I was going to say you, you've you've been you've been busy with your own transition up there. That's correct. This is this is a tough time around the territory. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, thank you for stepping up here, John. I'm sure uh, uh, Major Doug appreciates it. Oh yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see how how it goes. <laughs> Performance reviews are this month, right? I was going to say it's that season too. So yeah, his aren't done yet. So we'll just go there. <laughs> we'll go from there. Well, I was I was actually going to open up with seeing like feelings from cats. Uh, I, I was there and I was going to express myself and emote. And then I just apparently just went away. So I, I'm thankful I haven't seen the movie. Um, Whoa, I'm, I'm oh, not oh, no, that, that's problem with your generation as a movie for everything. <laughs> I do own cats. So I feel like I'm, I'm close, uh, you know, uh, by osmosis or whatnot. Sure. Look, uh, feelings is, is, a, is our topic for this mini season, these mini sodes, um, as we discussed, because, um, I, I like topical conversations. I like things that are, are very relevant. Um, and, and anytime to study through a book, you know, going through Psalms, I mean, we were talking before the show started, uh, we had a lot of great conversations and there's a lot of power when you let people just, you just throw a topic uh, in the ring and let people go at it and, and, and really share from the heart and share from uh, the mind and, and how they feel about it and everything. And so that's the, theme we're taking into this season is to um, just really openly discuss uh, some familiar feelings, um, some feelings maybe we all can relate to. Uh, we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about pride, um, but we'll also be talking about 
uh, anger and sadness and anxiety, things that I think we're all very familiar with, but for some reason we don't talk much about in the church. I don't know if that's just my perspective on it, but uh, it, it seems like we don't really talk about how we feel in church much. I'm glad that you set me up for pride. Uh, I don't know what to <laughs> think about that, but because um, I'm so I, proud, I, of you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So well, and and what a what what a feeling and a, and a topic to start with. I think um, I, it it almost lines up perfectly, just because I, I think so much of I know for me my day to day struggles and and uh, if I can and for a lot of people's day-to-day struggles stem from our, our self-image, um, how we've kind of puffed ourselves up, or, or maybe even how we've uh, taken the air out of our tires because of our lack of pride. Um, and, and so I think a lot can stem from pride when it comes to uh, our frustrations with life, uh, our frustrations with work, with uh, maybe relationships. And so it, it almost works out that it, it, it interconnects to so much. And so it's the first thing uh, that's worth discussing. Yeah. And I, and I think in a day of, you know, social media, especially, um, sort of the amount of likes that you get, um, you know, when someone replies to a comment, um, when someone shares maybe something that you say, it does so much with our ego, mm. uh, they're both, both ways. You know, sometimes, you know, it, it was good to hear that positive feedback. But then if you if you maybe you don't get the comment or you get a flaming comment, then all right. of a sudden you're backing away from maybe what you said and you lose confidence. Um, it's it's amazing what we have instantaneous reaction to what we say um, in, a, in a public arena, which can really play with our emotions, especially if if ego is something that you need to have stroked. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think is a, a bit of a human struggle. I mean, whether it's social media or something else, I think we all like to have that pat on the back and, and, and we like to feel good about ourselves. And so, and that's really the thing I wanted to wrestle with it, with all of these is I think there's this posture that these feelings are all bad and shouldn't have a place in our life all, but I, I really think, though, there's there's a way to have pride, to be proud in the right things. And, and I think there's a, a way to have a righteous anger. I think there's uh, a way to um, – I, I think anxiety or, or um, conscience is built in for a reason. I, I, it's a baby in the bathwater situation that I, I think if we push it all away, we become too robotic um, and, and too bland. But if we give too much power to it, uh, which tends to be our struggle, then uh, it does become a sinful and unhealthy pattern. Well, let's talk about pride for a second. I mean, my friend Ken just had a prideful moment uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, somebody just graduated, right? That's correct. So tell us my about that. daughter from Trevecco Nazarene. And I mean, we're I mean, we're to, we're so proud of Leah and all all that she's accomplished and everything that's going on there. And I think she's going on to start her master's work. I mean, so there is there's a lot of pride in in, in Leah and what she's accomplished. And I that I, for me, that's a very healthy thing. It's a very important thing. I, I think especially our children need to know that we are proud of them. People around us need to know that we are proud of them. Uh, I think when it when, I think when it when it's when, when it's given away to other people, pride has a different connotation when it comes to how we reflect on ourselves for me. I mean, for me, I, I have difficulty seeing when, when I'm proud of somebody, what somebody's done. I, I don't see too many negatives in that connotation. Most of the time I understand pride when it becomes a negative is when I'm referring to myself where I'm proud of me or, or I have to have, and Ken hit it right in the nail again. Uh, you know, those likes on Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who's following you, how many followers you have. I remember when social media first started, golly, that means I'm that old, but I mean, we, we dealt with who, you know, who had the most followers, who had the mm-hmm. most likes? I mean, you know, you, you see it all the time. Why well, posted something, but nobody liked it. Well, you know, with the analytics right now with social media, if you can post it and maybe only a few people see it, depending on what's happening that day. But there's whole cultures of people that are selling themselves and everybody around them for likes and for, for attention and for connection. And it becomes a prideful issue that I have more likes or I can get. And there's even services online that says I can get you more likes in this post if you oh, do yeah. 
and Z or download my book or download, listen to this podcast and we'll show you how to get more likes on every post you deal with because people need that. Some people need that stroking, you know, it's hard. I mean, I remember the first time I went to the, uh, my first church, there were five people in the audience. Wow. That was, you know, that, you know, I, I thought I'd be walking out of seminary and there'd be the masses waiting to hear what I, <laughs> you know, I am just this, I, I'm the fountain of all wisdom and knowledge. I mean, and I was just, and I was, it was five people and it, it got hard at the beginning because, you know, I, do I still prepare a whole sermon for five people? And the, and the Lord came across and said, why would you not do the same thing for five people? You do it for 500. Why are those five people any less? But that for me, was a prideful issue because it wasn't about the people there. It was about who wasn't there. Yeah. So for me, it's like about feeling that absence. And that's where my own personal pride becomes an issue in that. So for me, that's, how I kind of view this part of this conversation. Plus yeah. I had to throw in a shot in there about Leah because I'm a big Leah fan. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. And, and the, you're, you're right on the whole thing about when it's towards others uh, versus when it's you know, sort of internalized. Um, and I, I think about how um, our, our identity is sometimes mixed up with uh, performance measures, Oh uh, yeah. you know, whether or not, I accomplished this, that, or the other thing, or how many people are sitting in the congregation, uh, or if, if you know, by chance we lose people in the congregation, then our identity, like instead of it being you know, rooted in Christ, we are rooted in what have I done lately? Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, things like performance evaluations um, uh, can really mess with people's uh, sense of self-worth. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't you don't want to go into a performance you know, uh, evaluation and, and and lie to people. You like you you don't want it always to be oh you're such a great employee. Da, da. But if you're not doing that at some point, um, then you're going to have an employee who doesn't doesn't function because mm -hmm. uh, all of us need to feel like we are worth something to the organization that we're we're a part of. So. Uh, yeah, I, I hate actually performance evaluation because I always feel like somebody's going to walk out and feel like they they didn't measure up um, when that's not the identity get gets messed up in there. Yeah, well, and and both of those things deal with uh, it, it, the intentionality behind it. I think you know uh, when it comes to uh, the sting you feel when your congregation's a little smaller than it was last month or when you know you're dealing with someone who you want to feel valued but you also have to you know uh critique in a way like it comes down to why you know um like you said if if, if you're just worried about having five because of in your congregation because of how it makes you look that's a you issue you know you you don't care about your congregation for your congregation you care about your congregation for you uh, and, and similarly, you know, if you look at, you know, uh, other people for how they make you look and judge their value based on how they do or don't make you look good, then, yeah, they might fall short pretty often. But if your intent is, well, no, like like Doug said, like, no, it hurts my heart that we have empty seats. I want I, I want to reach more people. I, I, I want to see more people fall in love with Jesus. Th that's a moment where you take pride in your church. For the right reasons, I think. And similarly, when, you know, you're dealing with folks where it's just like, I want you to feel valued, but I also want you to reach your full potential. You know, it, it comes down to, I, I want what's better for you, not I want you to make me look better. Um, yeah. And, and that's going to be the spin of a lot of the conversations, I think, throughout this is the, the way we approach these things is ultimately what decides the good or the bad, I think. Correct. Yeah. You uh, you uh, shared some scripture ahead of this to um, sort of prime the pump uh, using the Deuteronomy chapter eight. I don't know if you you want to uh, look at that at all, um, read through the whole thing or probably a good uh, idea, kind of gloss over it. Um, uh, but there's there's some really good things in there about, you know, then your heart uh, if if you forget Mm. Um, the Lord, your God, and that he brought you out of Egypt and out of slavery, right. then your heart will become proud. Like at, at some point, you know, uh, I, I think the difference between uh, sort of blessing 
and and pride is this um, uh, whether or not I feel like I now deserve it. Um, so if if the Lord blesses me and uh, my territory expands to use the whole prayer of uh, Jabez, you know, stuff, um, or somehow um, I get out of poverty or I, you know, have a great land, a great job and all those things. Um, you know, the Lord might've provided for, for that opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. and he's blessed you, but quickly we turn that into, since I've done all this stuff and got this blessing, then therefore I'm entitled to it and I must right. hold on to it. And no one else, you know, no one else should be able to get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We start, we start to try to drive the economy of God towards ourselves and our wants and, and all of that stuff. Uh, and that's, what's interesting. And that's what drew me to uh, Deuteronomy eight, uh, that passage, just because it deals with the idea of pr priming God's people for you're about to receive a lot of blessings. And the Lord wants you to know through that he loves you, but that he provided it for you, all of it, everything. Um, you know, and so in, in verse 11, he starts off uh, with something that I, I keep in my head uh, quite often, you know, be careful that you do not forget the Lord, your God, failing to observe his commands and laws and decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied and when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all of that has multiplied, then your heart will become proud. Like you, you mentioned this part and you will forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. And then it goes on even further. And, and what, I, what I love about a lot of this and, and what Moses is trying to get them to grasp is just this idea of recognizing where the good does come from for the purposes of keeping their hearts right and humble. Yeah. And, if you back up uh, and I was looking at this um, earlier today, and if you go to verse 2, uh, it says, remember how the Lord, your God, led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to <laughs> test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his command. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known. So that, like there is there's this idea that um, God is actually in this process of teaching us humility. Mm -hmm. That uh, sometimes he has to do things to us to remind us who's in charge. Um, mm -hmm. And and we say, well, what are you doing to us? You know what? Uh, well, you know, it's it's the Lord's test, and that's uh, that's his prerogative, really. Yeah. Well, and and we we kind of always struggle with that because when we get this idea of a gospel God that's so loving and and giving and everything, you know, we start to forget that he also wants. Uh, the iron sharpened, you know, a very violent process that ultimately produces a very fine weapon. Uh, and ultimately, when when we are enabled by the Holy Spirit, that's what we're meant to be. We're meant to be what's fight fights back uh, against the enemy and and against the darkness and everything. Not by our own power, yeah. just like we don't have these blessings by our own power, our own goodness, but by God's. And um, it's yeah, uncomfortable. The, we don't like it. The pride is in the relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the, the pride is not in the result. Right. Um, the pride ha and that's and Doug, that's where you were sort of, uh, I think, with Leah. The pride is in the relationship of, wow, you know, just so proud to see what's happening in her life. Da, da, da. That's a relationship. It's not necessarily on the accomplishment. Uh, you, she could do many things or she could fail. I would still be so proud of my daughter. Right. Well, I think some of this for me also becomes a generational thing. I mean, some of us forget where we came from. Some of us have forgotten where we come from. And I know that sometimes it's a, it's a real issue sometimes with the, the, the Salvation Army. Uh, you know, I mean, my, my mother, uh, both of my parents, uh, you know, were, were, were came from, were, were, were local in the local church. My mother came from very humble 
uh, upbringing in, in Baltimore. And I mean, uh, she didn't have the access to education and some of these things that I've had access to. I mean, you know, that I've, I've taken our family further in some of those areas than we're able before. But if it hadn't been for what my mom did and get to this point, my grandparents did before that. But if I forget all of that, if I forget that progress, that journey, all those things that led us to where we are today and just say, well, you know, we've always been this way and you people should be like this too. That I think that becomes a whole issue where it becomes this whole self pride thing where it's like, you know what? We can't expect everybody just to come up and step up to this level when they haven't been part of the journey. It's easy to see the end of the journey and say, okay, that's where I want to be. And yeah, that's good to have a goal, but you know, that that's, that's the end of the story or maybe the midway through the story. There's a whole part of it that comes before there you work and you struggle and you do these kind of things. And it's a process. And sometimes people want to skip the process or they want other people to kind of forget about the process and just see where I'm at right now, realizing that what you're seeing in front of you is, is, is just, it's been a part of God's journey with me and we've been, been, a, been a part of God's journey in my, in my process. So it's, so for, for me, it's a generational issue. It's a thing we forget sometimes of where we used to be and now where we are today. Well, and that's what's so important about those passages uh, that Ken mentioned. And even following that in, in um, chapter eight, uh, he said, you know, through the land of the dry desert and the scorpions, you know, in the wilderness and all this, uh, like he, he, he should, like provided water from the hard rock. Like he, he's contrasting much as Jesus did in, in his time, the, the idea of, what, what faith gets you and, and, and what following yourself and your passions and your desires gets you. Um, and, and that's what's so important, I think, about, like you said, remembering the journey. We want to, once we get Jesus or once we get, you know, this idea of the ending in our relationship with Jesus, we get a glimpse of that promised land. We want to just be there. We don't want to go through the desert. Um, but, but the fact is, we, that, that's essentially our entire life until eternity really is that desert experience. Yeah. One of the classic examples, I think of pride that we have in the scriptures is King Saul Mm. um, here, who here is this man who has, he, I mean, he has all the natural looks to be someone great, um, but he struggles internally with his self image and needs to always sort of Test the wind, which way it's going. I want to make sure that I'm I'm in front of the pack of the of the way it's going. It doesn't matter which way they want to go, as long right. as I'm in front of it. Um, as long as I'm as long as I'm king, um, and I can keep that position as king, uh, I'll do whatever whatever has to be done. Um, and you you have the classic uh, uh, part where you know, a he's he's hiding in the baggage. Uh, he has no self esteem of his own needs everybody else to pump into him. Um, but then when you have that conflict where uh, the Philistines are on the attack, they're ready to come and he's supposed to uh, wait for Samuel for the sacrifice and he's starting to lose men. Mm-hmm. And if I don't make this sacrifice now, I'm going to lose everybody. And we're, and as <laughs> it's like that classic, as soon as he does the sacrifice in pop Samuel, um, right. what have you done? Uh, and, and in that moment, his kingdom is ripped away from him. Uh, everything that he wanted, everything that he desired, um, was ripped away from him. And I think about, you know, the, uh, I mean, my, how the mighty have fallen, uh, mm-hmm. and it says there in Deuteronomy, uh, chapter, uh, you know, chapter 8, 19, if you forget the Lord, your God and follow after other gods and worship and bow down to them, I will say that. Self is a big God. Mm-hmm. Um, I testify against you that you will surely be destroyed. And I think you we've seen leaders who have done wonderful things for the kingdom of God. You know, like on, on their rise uh, of blessing uh, that God was using them. And at some point, they felt like they had to keep it going. And like I. I can't stop this now. And, and, and even though the Holy spirit might be telling me to do something else, I got to keep going. Uh, I, you know, I got to keep my name up here. I got to keep, keep my uh, likes and I, I need to write another book. I need to stay in current in the, uh, like we, we do this to ourselves and we wonder why we're battling with, with mental health disease. Right. Well, and, and it's even some of that that echoes later in Proverbs uh, 16, 18, that is is so colloquially familiar, you know. Pride 
goes before the fall, a haughty spirit before the fall and destruction. And, and it's, it's capsulating that Saul experience, that moment of, of riding the wave of the popularity and, and the vote. And, um, and like you said, I mean, it, that, that's where I think all of us can run into pride. And that's why none of us are um, immune to, to that struggle at some point because we start to even take the, the good things that we've gotten and the things that we've, you know, humbly been grateful to God for. And we think we have a part to play in keeping that by doing these things expected of us. Um, and, and almost like, well, nobody else is going to understand if I just decide to go this way because the spirit leads. Nobody's going to understand when all of a sudden 20 people don't want to come to this program anymore, or nobody's going to understand uh, because this isn't the popular thing anymore. And so, yeah, we kind of, we, we switch the focus and make it about, well, we want to keep our status, this God given status, even because that was, that was Saul's whole thing is he was reluctantly, albeit I'd say, but he was appointed uh, by God. And so he had a God-given role. And, and I, I even wonder if there was a scenario where Saul actually was the good king that the people wanted. He, I mean, it's, it says when he's anointed, he goes out with the priests and he's prophesying. Like mm -hmm. he had the Holy Spirit on him. Like right. it, 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 it wasn't just a whole um, uh, ruse or just trying to play the part. He really had the Holy Spirit as part of him. But at some point, he lost confidence in himself and wasn't sure whether or not, you know, God was really going to be there for him uh, to keep him upright. Right. Well, and, and that's one thing. Um, it was Dr. Roger Berry. I found this interesting uh, little thing that he talks about that there's three areas that we primarily see pride play out or, or how we fall into the traps of pride. And he said, it's self-reliance. So which is very much that Saul experience of at, at some point we trade relying on God for ourselves or we all together have never relied on God. We've maybe played the part, but in reality, we're really going by the playbook of ourselves. Um, Self-centeredness. So in, in that case, having no room for love or compassion or empathy for others because we only care about our, our means and our gains. And then the interesting one I found was self-condemnation mm. to where we have a pride, but we have a hurt pride in ourselves and we can't be who God expects us and calls us to be. We can't even believe that God would want us because we're just so poor off and, and, and bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, but all of them dealing with self, it, it, it's me, it's my show. It's, it's my, it depends on me and who I am and can be, and we build everything off of it. There's something called imposter syndrome where, you know, people begin to um, like somebody writes a best-selling book um, and then they, they can never get another book that's as good as that one book. And they started, it was, was a, just a flute. Like, am I really even any good mm -hmm. um, yet? Yeah, so, and I think we all struggle with that. We, we have our times where we know the Holy spirit was working through us and, and great things were happening and then <clears throat> I think sometimes we try to recreate that. Um, mm. Maybe even, you know, what, what ideas do we have? What, you know, like what, what new things could we try? Um, and instead of just allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us, we're always trying to one up, you know, what, uh, what, what somebody else might be doing. Right. Well, Doug, you're the quiet over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm with two really intelligent guys. Why would I interrupt that? <laughs> It's taking notes. Well, uh, I, I'll give you something to do, to Doug. Uh, Doug, we're we're at that halfway point, and so I, although I hate to interrupt the the big brain conversation, uh, I, I always love our little halftime shows. So, do you have a an interesting inquiry for us? Yes, I do. But uh, I'm a little concerned about the fact that you interrupted the big brain talk for my talk. <laughs> <laughs> Does that hurt your pride, Doug? Nah. <laughs> I had I had a humility award, but they took it away because I kept showing it to everybody. <laughs> so uh, it's just not really an issue for me. Uh, yeah. But no, no, I have a would you rather today. Uh, I found I found a complicated one because I know oh, I know my friend Ken and I know I've known John for many many years. So I, 
I found a good <laughs> one for us. So here it is. Here's our would you rather for the evening. Would you rather be handcuffed to the most annoying person you know for 24 hours or go camping with somebody who likes you, but you don't like back? Oh, right. <laughs> would you rather be handcuffed to the most annoying person you know for 24 hours? You don't have to mention who that person is, by the way. And if it's me, I don't blame you. Or you go camping with someone who likes you, but you don't like back. Is it bad if you quickly think of both of those people? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, part of me is thinking like it's kind of the same punishment, right? Because to a certain degree, people who annoy us are people who really want our attention. Sure. But we're not exactly sure that we want to give that attention back. Um, and and if I'm going camping, holy cow, I don't like camping anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and a camping trip is probably 24 hours long as it like I yeah I, yeah but I'm, the difference is you're handcuffed to the person you can't get away from them if you're camping you can go another tree and or go go to the campsite or get away from them I guess you're right on that um, um yeah that, there's first John telling us camping gives you more room to move away <laughs> that's thank right. you John I appreciate the love out there I'm gonna just go chop some wood you so just where are we at me. would you rather be handcuffed to the most annoying person you know for 24 hours or go camping with someone who likes you but you don't like back you know, given those choices, I think I'd, I I would have to get rid of my hatred for camping uh, <laughs> to go camping uh, simply because being handcuffed to someone like to anyone being handcuffed to anyone for 24 hours uh, would be terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, that'd be tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my I have a process to these sorts of things. I fill in the gaps. So I think of who the annoying person would be. And then I think of who the, you know, person seeking my attention would be and weigh it off of that. And I can definitely say I would much rather be at, at a campgrounds. For some reason, I'm imagining Camp Grandview uh, with someone who, who likes me that I don't necessarily give that back to. Um, I, I can deal with that. I can't deal with annoying people because very special people get categorized under that for me. And it's specifically because I can't deal with them. <laughs> so 24 hours handcuffed, no way. Yeah. see, I was originally in the handcuff. I mean, I was originally in the camping crowd, but then I went to the handcuff side, which is just a weird way of saying that. But uh, <laughs> uh, just for some reason, I, I think I'd prefer to be handcuffed to the most annoying person that I know for 24 hours. Uh, I think I could deal with that part. For me, camping is, is, is bad to begin with. And the stress of that, the stress of having to to live life with that person for for that period of time, you know, to be stuck out in the woods with you get see the difference of camping is you don't know if there's anybody else out there. If you're handcuffed to somebody, you could still be in a group of people and just be handcuffed to that person. So you know, it just depends on how you look at that. I mean, if you're camping out there in the woods, there's not a lot of options for conversation. I'm I'm also dealing with this this second question too about someone who likes you but you don't like back. Yeah. That's a pride issue, is it not? Well, I mean, I mm. thought the question was appropriate. I mean, I know I'm not a big brain as identified earlier, but I thought there was a connection. <laughs> I, I, I like I think you hit the nail on the head there. Is like if someone likes you but you don't like them back, that's a you issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we say that a lot here in Augusta. It's a you issue. <laughs> No, that's a great point. And, and I think that's uh, a struggle we deal with when we've puffed ourselves up to a point is we start to value our time in a negative way. I'm a big preacher of value your time. I, I do believe in taking pride in your work uh, and, and your livelihood and setting boundaries. But I also believe that, you know, no one is ever too good for someone else's time. Uh, and that applies to us. I just think it's ironic that the person that I find most annoying is responding right now. So I just think, <laughs> I mean, don't talk I think about something like that. I think, I think it'd be great to be to, to to be handcuffed to Lieutenant Colonel Steve Morris. I think that'd be awesome. I mean, <laughs> what as long as he's going to Japan and takes me with him. But uh, no, we love you, Lieutenant Colonel Morris. You're you're you know, of course he knew I'd say that. So there it is. For Japan, let me know. I'd, I'd yeah. be over in a heartbeat. Right. So, uh, but I mean, you know, for me, it, it becomes, I think there is a pride issue in there. I think, I, Ken, you're right. I think there's a whole thing about the fact, you know, how, how do we let people in? 
sometimes it, it's almost like there's certain people that we don't let inside our circle. There are certain people that aren't good enough to be. And, and I struggle with that a lot. Um, I know it's not a shock to most people that have a lot of struggles, but uh, you know, I, for me, it's busyness. I get so busy that I don't want to take the time to deal with, with this or that. And I just, and, and I try to find a way to go around somebody or I sneak around somewhere. Or I know a back passage to get past something and it's easy to me to try to avoid people because I know this person is going to take this much time and they're going to tell me the same thing it told me last week and it's going to say the same thing over and over again. And I, I just don't have time. And when I hear myself saying that out loud, I check myself realizing, wait a second. So I'm saying that that person is not worthy of my time and attention. So either A, I'm more important than they are, which is wrong. B, what I'm doing is more important than they are, which is wrong or see there is no value and there is no potential value and what they're about to tell me that's worth my time and all those options let's be honest suck yeah. so you yeah. know and that, that's why i try to say it out loud because I, I can be very visual and a very audio thinker i have a lot of thoughts in my head people don't think i have a lot of filters i have a lot of filters <laughs> um, but you know when i say it out loud i'm realizing wait a second yeah what am I saying about that person? What am I saying about who I think I am that I'm so important that I don't have time for that person? That That's a really interesting um, process for, for dealing with that actually. And, and it, it's funny cause I mean, I, I've been through uh, moments in therapy in life and, and one of the okay, things not I, caused by me, I'd like to go that. Over <laughs> no, right no, actually, now. Um, not caused by me. And, and, and it's why yeah. I'm a big, big believer in journaling uh, is because one of their recommendations was don't just think it where things can be very fluid, you know, write it, make it physical uh, that, you know, writing your thoughts. Cause then you can, like you said, you, when you say out loud, I don't have time for this. It almost, it does, it, it sounds wrong. Uh, I mean, I guess, I, I guess we're all coming from that, from our profession, obviously, but like, to say that about someone and, and, and whatnot sounds wrong. To say some of the things we think about people, to, to see it, um, or even to uh, imagine it reflected back on us. Imagine someone telling you your time isn't worth it. Oh, I know what that feels like. <laughs> I, I do too, but you Have know. Have you ever been called a not a big brain? Have you ever experienced oh, it before? I mean, I know what that feels like. I know what that hurts. <laughs> you're exactly right. And, and something that's really helped me, especially – and I'm, I don't want to blame all my problems on COVID, but with COVID, we, we all we all kind of got isolated. And so some people felt the need to express themselves online. And I get that because, you know, they, they maybe they're social people, they're extroverts, they need to have that interaction. But there are a lot of things that I was thinking or wanted to say that was not something I should say in public. Uh, it, it wasn't, you know, some of that's internal monologue. And so that's, I really picked up journaling in this last, last year and a half because of COVID, because I started writing out some of these things. I'm like, wait a second, that is not going to go ever going to leave this page. <laughs> just in case you're wondering, I have a digital combination on my, it's a digital journal and no, you can't hack into it. Uh, but uh, because there are some things, once you put it down in front of you, you realize, wait a second, not only is it, what is it saying about that person, but what is that saying about me? Mm. What is that saying about how I view that person? And I go back to what uh, Keisha, Major Keisha Carr told us, uh, one of her one of her dictums in life is, blessed are they that are human, when they know better, they do better. And mm. I call that the new Keisha version. <laughs> uh, I mean, because that's, I mean, we all are human, and we're responsible to do better once we realize what's happening. But I think a lot of times people need that wake-up call to realize this is a pride issue. This is a... This is a you issue. This is not a them issue. This is because you think there's something special about you that doesn't allow you to talk to them. Mm -hmm. But yet we want to put the responsibility on them because obviously I'm perfect. There's nothing to be wrong with me. I, I, I would say that, you know, <clears throat> there are issues where, you know, boundaries do come into play and where, um, you know, someone who might be, you know, trying to go on and talk to you, um, uh, can't read the room um, and doesn't realize that there's 20 other people who are, you know, waiting uh, for uh, your attention and, you know, you continue, uh, they, they might continue to monopolize that. Um, but those issues are probably further, fewer and far between, fewer and farther between than we think they are. Uh, mm -hmm. We, we put up boundaries, I think everywhere, just because we don't even want that to get close to happen. Right. 
Well, and 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 that's the thing too is, I mean, it although there there's not an either or I think, and it goes back to something I said earlier. I think it's a baby in the bathwater situation where if we don't talk about it, if we don't seek to learn healthy boundaries, and if we don't seek to frisk our our pride and and wonder if we're doing something for the sake of our betterment uh, selfishly or for the sake of loving a neighbor, just, I mean, cause that, that, that's a conversation that, that it can sometimes be that easy, you know, but if, if we're too afraid to, to dig into that, uh, like you said, because we've set up those firewalls to kind of protect it from ever happening. Um, that that's where I start. I, I think we start to get into a malpractice, uh, of that. And I would even go as far to say that sometimes it's easiest to just go ahead and listen and, and not, not engage with that person um, to really have a conversation, say, Hey, Oh, well, let's, you know, Hey, we could talk about that further here or da da da, or, you know, but we just kind of like let them ramble sometimes. And what we're really saying is I don't really care to mm -hmm. engage with you. I'm just allowing you to ramble. And that's, that, that's a terrible thing. Yeah. And, I, and I can speak from my background. One of the things, uh, one of the leadership principles that I help people understand is what's called fundamental attribution error, which is a really long term. But it's when you assume that what somebody's going to do, mm. when you assume what somebody's intentions, when you see that person walking up to you and you assume or you think you know what they're going to do. And so you try to pre-plan what you're going to do or say, or in some cases, avoid to kind of try to mitigate what they're about to do. It's called that fundamental attribution error. And that's where we run it. It's a leadership thing that we have to learn as leaders that we can't just assume when somebody comes up to us, we're never going to say, and I'm really bad about, I mean, apparently my list of flaws is very long, but I'm really bad when somebody says, Hey, I want to talk to you later. I automatically go to the dark side. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be awful. It's going to be, yeah. Oh my God, they're quitting. Uh, they're, they're suing me. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're, I don't know, they're, they're involved in something. It's going to, I need to get my lawyer, you know, and, and I used to make that joke all the time. Somebody would talk to me and said, Hey, I need to talk to you about something. I said, do I need to get my lawyer first? You know? And because right. that was from a weak spot in me because, well, for a while there, I was getting kicked around pretty regularly, but. Well, I mean, and that's what I was going to say. That's very common when we've been hurt, when we've oh, yeah. trauma. Yeah, that, that, see, once again, that's a me thing. True. You that, got to deal with that. That's a me trying to protect me thing. And not really listening, like Ken was saying, not really being intentionally about listening to what that person really say. I was I was presupposing on the conversation, and therefore not really getting any value out of it whatsoever. If it was high in the first place, yeah. John has a great question there about does God stay where He is not welcome? Wow. Yeah. Well, and and I, I think that kind of goes back to um, our Saul conversation, and and I think that further reflects on, on us when we slip into these patterns of pride, uh, when we when we interject ourselves in the place of leading our life and being the most important and being the, the one we rely on. Um, that's essentially what that does communicate. God's spirit's not welcome. You know, we push him away. Right. And our own agenda. I think he's still yeah. there, but I think his presence isn't felt. I mean, because I think to say that God's, I don't think it's fair to say that God's not there because God's there even when we don't know we need him. But I think it's hard. I think it's, it's fair to say that we don't feel his presence if we're not, you know, aligning to what he wants for us. I mean, I don't, I don't think he goes anywhere. I think, I think that's what John's saying is that God's still there even oh, yeah. when we don't acknowledge him. But do we feel his presence? Do we receive the benefit or the blessing of that experience in our life if we're not open to that experience? He certainly well, doesn't protect us from the consequences of our stupid mistakes. Yeah, oh, and, and no. the thing again, exactly. Well, and yeah, no, because in in Star Wars <laughs> Episode Eight, um, Luke Skywalker, the famed hero, the 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 anointed one, if you will, um, decide not the chosen one. That's Anakin, but uh, basically had a bad day and decided he was done with it. He was done with this, you know force religion and all this other stuff, the Jedi and everything. And he cut himself off from it. And it, it basically just means he, he closed his mind. Like a lot to do with that is just being open to the fact that there's an existence beyond what we think there is. And, and same thing when we turn on God, it's really just closing that door for ourselves. He's still there. The connection is still possible. We've just said, I don't want that anymore. Yeah. Um, 
And, and usually that's what we're doing is we're closing the door. So we imagine God doesn't see what we're going to do next as we take charge of ourselves and our lives uh, and ultimately drive ourselves into a ditch and then call for God's help in, in, the, in the end. And, and usually that does have something to do with what Doug was saying, like this, this lack of confidence. So, the, and, and you go, you went back to your self, self degradation. Is that what the word? Uh, you self condemnation. Self deprecation. Um, yeah, I mean, it has so many names. <laughs> the, this, this issue of, you know, confidence versus pride um, is, is something that, you know, drives me absolutely up the wall um, because you can almost have this false humility of, you know, somebody gives you a compliment. Oh, oh it's just Jesus. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I, like you, you're not even, um, you're, you're not even acknowledging the blessing that someone's trying to give you of you did a great job because you, you know, I like, I know, I know what compliments do to me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and, and whether, whether, like, I, I wish I could choose that it not to happen, but it gets into my brain and I, I start to crave, like you, um, uh, it's, it's, it's like an addict, like that mm-hmm. dopamine, mm-hmm. uh, from someone's compliment just gets kicked in there and you just keep seeking it over and over again. Um, and it's because, there is a lack of internal confidence. Um, I was looking, you know, like in Deuteronomy uh, about, you know, 12 chapters later, uh, they are, uh, says when you go to war, uh, the person shall, shall go out and, and ask a couple of questions. You know, do you, uh, do you, are you getting married? Go home. You enjoy your wife. You don't, don't worry about the battle. If you, have you bought a vineyard? Oh, go home, enjoy the vineyard. Uh, you know, it's, and at the end is like, is anybody scared? Go home. You know, just, we, um, and the whole idea there is the people are supposed to say, no, this is the most important thing. This is what we're called to. I'm not going to go home just because there's things that, you know, like need to be taken care of and, you know, we become double focused, but the Lord wants us to have confidence in him, in what he's called us to do. And, and if that's in our brain, then anything that anybody says about us shouldn't carry the weight that often it does. Absolutely. And that, and that's the struggle though, is, you know, I mean, I'm no better than my dog in some cases like that, where I I get a few compliments and it's just, it drives me wild. And I I do the next thing to hopefully come back and maybe they'll say the same thing again, or maybe they'll have a better compliment. And, you know, we, we get in that cycle of it. And and a lot of times we justify it because it's good. You know, if if it's our spouse, if it's a, a friend or something, you know, like we, we, well, we should accept those things. Um, I don't know if Lieutenant Colonel Steve Morris is still on uh, Facebook uh, crosstalk, but he said something to me that I will never forget when he was our area commander in uh, Alexandria. He said, I fear success more than I fear failure. Mm. Because when we are successful, there is this automatic almost pressure internally that we must keep up that level of success and even that and better will do. Um, Mm. And that is played out so much in my life where I've realized, you know, I've become a slave to, to remaining successful rather than just allowing the Holy spirit to have free will and what, what he wants to do with us. And and that is when it becomes sin. Yeah. When, when we are enslaved, when we have become, obligated and worshipful of something, some experience or someone other than God, then that that's when it turns to sin. Um, the hard part is that all too often we live on pride and never know it. You know, uh, the compliments thing is one, one of those things, but, um, and at, real quick, and then we'll get to John's comment here. Uh, cause I think it's a great point to close on, but in, uh, uh, researching for this, I found a quote from C.S. Lewis and it says, there's one vice of which no man in the world is free, which everyone loathes when he sees it in someone else and of which hardly anyone imagines that he is guilty of. And I'm talking about pride. And 
I, I really that resonated so much with me because I, I find myself criticizing it in others so often. I can see it so easily in others, uh, but ultimately, it's sometimes a little too, too later than it should be when I find that I've been chasing compliments or when I'm hurt simply because I was overly invested in something uh, for you know the the praises of man and so so forth and. I, I think pride is such a seed to so many other things, um, so many other darker things and habits in our life uh, when we put God uh, second to the compliments of men, to our our success uh, and so forth. They say um, the, you know, in the whole thing about toxic leadership that seems to be like part of the language of, of today, um, that those toxic leaders uh, begin to distance themselves from an accountability partner. Like there's, mm. there's no one who is willing to tell them the truth um, or at least, you know, they're not going to listen to it. And I, I, I think, you know, um, you know, my good friend, Doug here, uh, that we have, we have many conversations that will stay totally private um, in which we Until I retire, allow, then it goes in my book. We, we <laughs> allow, you know, one another to check, one yeah. another. And everybody needs those kind of people to say, man, your head's not on straight. You know, yeah. you, 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 you gotta think, you simmer down now. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so just because I, I, we can go on forever, I don't want to move on, but just for the sake of closing out, I think that John's comment or question here is actually one interesting because that it, it's a good thing to wrap up on. We've talked about this feeling and, and this uh, trap of pride so much. And so now the big question is, is it possible to live above feeling specifically? Is it possible to live above pride? Wow. Mic drop silence. <laughs> I, I, I think you can, I think you can survive it. I, I don't know how you avoid it. I don't know if it's possible. See, this is where, this is maybe where I've got bad wiring in my head, but I don't want to avoid it. I don't want to take out all the things in my life that could possibly go wrong because they might go wrong. I mean, I, I think feelings are healthy and the things that we feel and the things we experience are healthy. We start, we are, we start off by saying these things. I don't want to be so far. I don't want to take them so far away and become an aesthetic where it's like, okay, I'm going to go live in the woods by myself, you know, in a room. And then I'm just not going to have any expressions. I'm not going to listen to anybody. You know, I think there is some advantage. I, there are times when I need to have that, that petting or that that pat on the back. I need those moments. I still have a file that's called my Attaboy file. And I've been I've kept it now because of a mentor who told me to do it like almost 20 years ago now. And I have it. So when I have those bad days, and I know it's hard to believe in Augusta, you can have a bad day, but it it happened to me once. I pull that file out and I read those notes I've gotten from people or those comments I've gotten from people and say, you know what? There were this is just a day. Uh, we had a day yesterday with my son. I'm, I'm being very transparent. We had a really bad day with our son. Uh, and, and it was a late night and it involved the hospital, this whole th situation with, with my son's going through. And it was really easy for me to say, man, I cannot believe I'm still going through this. And then I realized, wait a second, I've just had X number of months where we've had like nothing going on. My wife's really good about this. I don't know about your wives. My wife's really good about deflating my ego and saying, you know, or, or un un unplugging my pride saying, you know what? It's not been this way the whole time. There are times when we need to be proud of things and we need to be happy. We need to we need to move forward on things. So I think, it, you know, for me, I don't want to be away from it, but I, I think it, it's almost like you have to have put things in place where you can survive it. If that makes sense, because yeah. I want to struggle with it every day. I want to struggle. I want the struggle. Yeah, I, I, I and I would I'd even like to change the question that you can we live above maybe negative feelings? Sure. Like, um, because we obviously don't want to take out the positive feelings of love, joy, peace, you know, all right. those things that it says we're supposed to meditate upon instead of Absolutely. the stuff that you know, drowns us. And one of the things, you know, when when I was going through a very depressive time, uh, one of the things I, I you know, I, I wish I could go back and take back is is realizing publicly expressing too much negative can have a major impact on too many other people. Uh, and that, that becomes really destructive. Um, so yes, we, we do need to live above uh, 
those negative feelings. They, we cannot allow those feelings to become self-destructive and destructive towards others uh, because ultimately that's sin. And I think you called that out, John. Um, but uh, you know, that, that whole thing of dying to self, you know, our feeling like, can I, can I get rid of all the selfish feelings? Um, uh, you know, that's a, that's, that's a great question. Cause I think there's part of us that want to keep our personality. We want to keep like, and, and maybe God is even saying, yeah, I get that you're technically an introvert and I, I get that, you know, you like your space and, but I'm calling you to something different. Um, and, and, and it's going to mess with your personality for me to do that. Um, and I think that's where we really have these struggles with God. See, Ken and I are both closet introverts. <laughs> uh, we, we can do the extrovert thing, but we both, when we go home, we um, unplug. it's just who yeah, we are. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, I, I definitely think that humility is the antidote to pride. And I, I do think there's many a thing to take pride in and be proud of. I think that it can't be something we worship or can't be something that we let dominate our lives. Uh, because ultimately, the, the only North Star we really should have is God and what he has for us and everything else follows. If we have, and, and Paul said as much in Galatians, you know, if I have nothing else but the cross to boast in, you know, and, and, and that's what we can take the greatest pride in is that all the goodness that we have is God. You know, and and ultimately, it's in being faithful and following Him uh, that we see uh, much more of it. But uh, you know, humility is a, a verb. You know, um, it's something actionable. We have to work on it. We have to do it. Uh, to die to self, even as as was mentioned, it's 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 something we have to labor towards constantly. Uh, we're never just going to not be prideful. We have to work to be humble. We're never not just going to be hateful. We have to work to be loving, you know, and uh, I, I think all of that work comes from a close relationship, first and foremost, with with God. And then, as you mentioned, I'm a big believer and preacher of accountability, uh, the body of Christ. We have to be plugged in, we have to be involved, and we have to be faithful to each other uh, to even see, you know, the splinters in our eyes. So I think great conversation tonight. Uh, a, a great time and, and a great kickoff to hopefully more great conversations as we look at other similar struggles, similar feelings that we uh, all work through. And hopefully someone finds some uh, insight and, 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 and some truth in our conversations. If nothing else, I've had a good time with you guys. So that's really what it's all about. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, so, and, um, and, I, on, on, if I can talk as, as one of the, I guess, original founders of Crosstalk, <laughs> I think it's important for us to recognize uh, Captain Ken Arga and your impact on this show. Uh, you've been a great encourager on the show. You provided, uh, not only you've been a great guest, but you've also recommended other great guests uh, that, that we've had on the show. And uh, I mean, you, you know, you're not done with me, but, uh, you know, uh, we're just very, just very glad to have you participating on these seasons of Crosstalk. And we... We'll be praying for blessings for you and Amy as you guys go to Maryland, which I'm very happy about because that's where Doug is from. So I was actually born in Heaven Grace, Maryland. So obviously good things can come from Maryland. We know you'd be closer <laughs> to family, which is awesome. I know you, you've got some family to be closer to. And so there are a lot of definite benefits for that. So we definitely will be praying for you and Amy during your transition and everything that happens there. And of course, praying for our sister church, as we affectionately call Atlanta Temple. As they get other friends of mine, I've got friends on top of friends. We got some friends coming into Atlanta Temple to, to follow the Argots uh, and not to replace them, but hopefully they'd have to succeed in the ministry that they've done. And so, Ken, on behalf of Crosstalk, thank you so much for what you've done for this show. We're just grateful for your, your support and your encouragement. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and so uh, as we go forward in the week, fellas, just be uh, praying for you guys. Um Obviously, praying, like Major mentioned, for Atlanta Temple, praying for uh, uh, all the goings-on we have here in Augusta, because boy, howdy, uh, lots going on. But uh, definitely excited. Uh, we're getting ready for camp here. That's most of my life now. Um, so it's exciting. Uh, it's good to be a little bit more normal uh, with that. It, it feels good. But um, no, I've definitely. Never, I've never been called normal, so I don't know what that's like. <laughs> there you go. So, uh Brother Ken, would you mind closing us in prayer 
a little bit of blessing before we close. Father, we just thank you for this time together where we can we can check ourselves, um, that we can remind each other that we all have these selfish feelings that sometimes tend to rear their ugly head, and we need maybe even somebody to call us out on it. Uh, Lord, we thank you for those great relationships who will do that with, um, like you and your Holy Spirit, with, with tact and understanding uh, rather than criticism. And we just ask right now that you be with the Augusta Croc uh, Corps as they uh, undergo this transition. Lord, I thank you for the vision uh, of uh, Major McClure in setting up uh, Crosstalk. And Lord, uh, the pattern of modeling that is done here um, uh, and to, to see now John stepping into this role. Uh, Lord, I just thank you um, for your ministry to us in working through those relationships. Lord, we expect great things uh, for, for the futures of Atlanta Temple, for Augusta Croc. We pray for the officers who are coming in, and we pray for the congregations uh, all across our territory who this is a difficult time of saying goodbye and saying hello uh, to changing the way maybe even they do things. And Lord, we just pray right now for our territory. Uh, Lord, help us uh, to remain humble and not think that when we go somewhere, we have all the answers. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, if you're in Oklahoma, Arkansas, and you think I have all the answers, you gotta, you got a big surprise. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, if you're in the greater Augusta area, check out uh, the Augusta Croc Church uh, and Croc Center here on Facebook for all kinds of information of things, uh, camp, uh, family nights, and all other great and goodness. Uh, but also do yourself a favor if you're in the Atlanta area uh, and check out the Atlanta Temple Corps on Facebook as well. Uh, they have live videos of prayer, uh, of course, services, and also great opportunities for connecting up there as well. So we love the show. Commissioning. What's that? We'll see you all for commissioning weekend. Oh, yeah. There you go. So uh, pray for us. We'll pray for you and we'll have, hopefully all have a good week. God bless.